gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. to my two cents podcast this is episode 104 i am your host g2 and today's title is called cherry picking now before i get into today's topics i want to read you off the national food days of the week today being december the 11th it is noodle ring day as well as have a bagel day tomorrow december the 12th it is ambrosia day as well as cocoa day december 13th popcorn string day december 14th biscuits and gravy day december 15th Cupcake Day, as well as Lemon Cupcake Day, and also Gingerbread Latte Day. Nothing for December 16th, and finally to cap it off, December 17th, Maple Syrup Day. Now, I want to come in here and wish condolences to the family of Chrissy Alley. We lost her this week. She happened to pass by colon cancer. She died at the age of 71. The family put out a statement. They did say that um, they just recently found out her discovery of having colon cancer, so Here's my thing with people recently just finding something out and then next thing you know, they end up dying is that once your body realizes what's going on with it, as if you go to a doctor and you might not be feeling well, but then you go to a doctor, he diagnoses what's wrong with you, saying that you might have uh, cancer, this and that, your body is going to quickly start accelerating your life expectancy. Like if you never went there, you probably would have still be alive here and there, but you went to the doctor, your body realizes it, and now it starts jump speeding. That's how a lot of things happens. So I'm not trying to say anything bad about Chrissy Alley in any way when me saying that at all. I'm just saying that once they probably just discovered this, that is whenever the body decided that it's going to ramp itself up and be like, okay, we're going to speed this thing up now. So ladies and gentlemen, if you feel any type of way, feel sick or anything involved, I'm not saying for you not to go to a doctor. Trust me, I'm not saying that at all. I want to make that disclaimer right there. Go to a doctor. Please see whoever you got to see because everybody is extremely different. I know for me personally, I know I'm starting to get sick a couple of days beforehand because certain things are coming around. I can feel certain things moving in my body. I'm like, okay, I got to take meds for this and that, blah, blah, blah. That's just me. Certain people don't know they're sick or they don't know what's going on with them until they get diagnosed. And then that's whenever they try to nip it in the bud at that moment. So, again, I'm not trying to say anything bad about Chrissy Alley. I'm not trying to say anything bad about any of this situation. It's a uh, terrible thing to have lost someone, especially so close to Christmas, because literally you can snap your fingers and Christmas is here. I just want people to know that, hey, please do what's best for you. I would like for people to get themselves checked out please because i don't want it to anybody to say i listen to a podcast and they say never don't ever get yourself checked out because that speeds their body up to death i don't ever want to have that on my conscience or have anybody blame me for somebody not going up and getting themselves checked out i do again want to put that disclaimer please get yourself checked out if you feel some type of way or if you feel that you're not yourself all the way go get yourself checked out please do that that is your responsibility of you to do what's best for you but I just want to come in here and say that. But again, Chrissy Alley did die at the age of 71, two colon cancer. Everybody probably know Chrissy Alley for doing cheers. I didn't know her like that. 
I seen her from time to time on shows. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. Um, but I would just know that face. And when I heard of Chris Yalley, I was like, hold up, wait a minute. Okay, this scene sounds like a person I know. But then when I clicked on Twitter, because again, I get all my stuff from Twitter majority of the time. I saw the face. I was like, oh, okay, her. And then she said that she passed away. I was like, oh. It's always a sad thing to see somebody pass away, especially in Hollywood or anywhere else. But again, not going to dread on this any too longer. Rest in peace to Chrissy Alley. Uh, love and condolences to her family and friends that loved her. And again, people that are losing loved ones close to the holidays, like Christmas, where everything's supposed to be cheerful, you have the lights up, all this type of stuff, supposed to be nothing but joyous. It's always uh, pretty disheartening whenever somebody passes around that time. So again, I want to wish her family and friends uh, love and light. And they are in my prayers. Now, off to the first topic of the day. And it's all about Vladimir Putin, as this comes from BBC. As it says, Putin vows to continue hitting Ukraine's power grid. Vladimir Putin has vowed to continue attacking Ukraine's energy infrastructure, despite millions being left without electricity or water. Yes, we do that. But who started it, the Russian president said at an award ceremony in the Kremlin. He said that criticism of Russian strikes would not interfere with our combat mission. Moscow has been battering Ukraine's power grid since October 10th, following a string of heavy military defeats. Some Western leaders have called the strategy a war crime because of the huge amount of power, well, damage caused to civilian infrastructure. But President Putin said that growing global criticism would not stop the strikes. There's a lot of noise about our strikes on the energy infrastructure of a neighboring country. Yes, we do that. But who started it? He said to recipients of state awards, including the Hero of Russia medal. See, here's my thing with this. There's a time for you to be civil and there's a time for you to not be civil. I understand in times of war, you cannot be civilized. Well, let me backtrack that. Because during World War One, you could be civilized. There was a Christmas truce during World War One between the Germans and British uh, soldiers on December 24th and 25th. That they literally made a truce that they just stopped fighting and then they're actually able to enjoy the holiday time. And then after those days, they went right back to war. Back in those times, at least in World War One, they at least had some coof. They had some uh, stability. They had some morals to war. World War II, they did not have a Christmas truce. And now with this whole thing with Ukraine and Russia, more or less Russia attacking Ukraine, because again, this is all stupidity of why this whole thing is happening, because Ukraine didn't want to get down with Russia, and Russia President Putin over here said, no, I'm just going to attack you now. That is crazy to me. It still makes no sense how you are still attacking another country just because they don't want to rock with you, bro. It's okay. It's okay if we're not another country to rock with you. There's plenty of countries that don't mess with America. There's a lot. So I just don't understand. What does Ukraine have that Russia really wants? Is it just land? Is it power? I don't know. I just have a problem with him attacking their power grid. That's disgusting. Right now in Ukraine, they're starting to get snow and sub-zero temperatures. Dude, that is wild. You have children. You have families over there that is going to get sick, and I mean definitely illy sick, and you are trying to attack their energy, and you're leaving them without electricity or water, come on, dog, come on, there should be some coof in war, 
There should be certain things you can do and can't do. I understand the war, W-A-R, those three big letters means that anything goes, no holds barred. No, there's some rules to war and everything. It just seems that we have gotten away from handling ourselves in a manner that people would say, you know what, this person, I might not like them, but at least in this time, they did what was right at this time matter. This whole thing, attacking people, power grid, and all this crap, I don't like it. I don't think anybody in the country likes it. I don't think anybody in the world likes it. I just don't understand what the whole big thing is that Putin wants from Ukraine. I just don't get it. I don't live in Russia. I don't live in Ukraine. I live in the United States. I only can get the information from what the media and everything else is telling us. And from what they are all telling us, this is disgusting. This is nastiness. This is completely out of line. Putin, dog, have some self-dignity. Have some respect. Quit attacking their power grid. You can go after other land if you want because you've been doing this since, what, March, February-ish of this year? You've been attacking Ukraine? Dude, quit it, dog. You try to attack their power grid, especially you know it's going to get cold for them. It's going to get deathly, sickly cold for them, and you're going to have these people literally die because of them having no electricity to heat themselves up and no power to wash themselves with hot water or anything. That's nastiness. That's disgusting. There's multiple levels to this. This was calculated in a mug. I don't care what nobody tells me because if I was in war, that would be my first thing to take out when I wanted to basically eviscerate somebody to begin with. I would take out their power grid. He waited until December where it's going to snow and drop to sub-zero temperatures. That means the negatives for this country. For them to say, you know what, take out their power grid. That is a planned, orchestrated attack. I can't say that he's dumb because that was smart of him because of the big three letters war. But there's some coomf in everything that you do. There's some honor. There's some loyalty that you could at least honor in war. And this is one of them. You should have took out the power grid at the beginning instead of now because it looks nasty in the light. It completely does. It just looks completely disgusting. Putin. Two things. One, if you're going to continue to attack Ukraine, don't attack their power grid. Don't do that. You are literally causing casualty with civilians that have nothing to do with this. They are just straight up just trying to live their life after you guys have been ransacking their whole country since the beginning of this year, basically. And now it's towards Christmas time for them. They have now got to deal with snow and coldness, and now they got to deal with you attacking their stuff, and now they can't even heat themselves up try to protect themselves with heat, dude, that's disgusting, again, one, don't attack their power grid, don't do that, or two, just please leave the Ukrainian people alone, that's the better thing, leave them alone, I don't understand what you're doing, it doesn't make sense to me, a person is on the outside looking in, it doesn't make sense, and I think all the other countries can say the exact same thing, they don't know what's going on here, truly, Putin, stop, I'm pleading with you, quit it, now, on to another Situation that got really, really crazy. Uh, again, coming from the BBC, as it says, Germany arrests 25 accused of plotting coup. As it will report that 25 people have been arrested in raids across Germany on suspicion of plotting to overthrow the government. The group of far-right and ex-military figures are said to have prepared for a day X to storm the Reichstag parliament building and seize power. A man named as Heinrich the 13th from an old aristocratic family, is alleged to have been central to their plans. 
According to federal prosecutors, he is one of two alleged ringleaders among those arrested across 11 German states. The plotters are said to include members of the extremist Rich Richburg. I'm sorry, my German is really, really rusty. I only took one course in Germany, so it's really rusty here. Richburg movement, which has been long in the sights of German police over violent acts and racist and anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. They also refuse to recognize the modern German state. Other suspects come from the QAnon movement who believe their country is in the hands of a mythical deep state involving secret powers pulling the political strings. Okay, so this was just basically German's version of the Proud Boys and all this type of stuff. That's what y'all trying to dictate over here and tell me that. Okay, cool. Here's the deal. I don't understand people trying to overthrow governments. I don't understand it. You guys can do that yourselves with your voting and all this type of stuff. But again, I don't know voting situation over there in Germany because, again, I'm in the States. I know nothing about across the pond or across the Atlantic. I know nothing about that. So I just want to make that perfectly clear here because, again, I don't want to try to spew out nonsense about things I don't know. I only can give you my opinion on things that I am reading and things that I have looked up into. So, this is their version of the Proud Boys. This is their version of trying to do the insurrection of what happened last year here in America. They were going to try to do that in Germany. And they got busted. 25 people got arrested for this. Okay, cool. Here's the thing with government, ladies and gentlemen. In any country, there's always going to be people pulling the strings. It's not just your political leaders just doing what they want to do. No, there's people behind them that says, yo, do this that has money that's fronting the bill for some of these situations. That's the truth in a lot of these instances. That happens here in the States. That happens over there in Europe. That happens over there in England, Italy. All these countries, they all have big donors behind them that say, yo, do this, do that to help me out or help out my friends in all these type of places. So again, I can agree with them saying there are secret powers pulling the political strings. That's in every country that kind of stuff happens. My problem that I have is that you guys can't do that. You guys can't try to perform an insurrection. You guys just saw how it went over here in the States. Now, if you thought that you guys could pull off what the States did over here, that was stupid because I don't know how people over there play, but people over here in the States, they are able to do that because they probably had people within that system that they are cool with. Over there, I know a whole lot of countries don't play around. They're strict about a lot of things over there. So for them to think that they could pull off an insurrection the way that the Americans did over here, I don't see how that was going to go. I personally think certain people probably would have got shot up, if I'm going to be honest with you, if they would have tried to insurrection crap in Germany. I think certain people probably would have got killed over there. People didn't get killed over here in the States. I think like one or two people probably got killed. Not like as many as there should have been. Probably one or two got killed over here, but over there in those other countries, I know for after just looking at certain people getting arrested for some of the most minute things, they don't play over there. So for you guys to try to think you guys are gonna overthrow the government and try to do a insurrection, yo, y'all are bugging, y'all wilding. So again, for anybody that's over in these countries that you know your laws and everything, just think about it. Ask yourself. Can you guys really pull off an insurrection? Can you guys do what the Americans do? Probably not. You want to know why? Because America, again, is a laid-back situation if you are Caucasian. If you're of any other racial or ethnic group, 
the insurrection would have been a bloody situation. That's just a point blank truth. So if you are Caucasian in the States, the insurrection has been proven you can do that with white folks. It's been proven. There it is. Black people, we can't do that. Hispanics can't do that. Asian Americans can't do that. Nobody else except for Caucasian can do that without bloodshed being just dripping down the streets. That's just the facts. Over there in other countries, I'm not so sure that's the case. I don't think they play around with that at all. Do I think there's still some racism over there? 100%. There's racism in every single country. However, I just know that some of them countries over there, they don't play when it comes down to their political stuff. They just like, yo, we're not going to have you do this here. We're not allowing you to do that. You can watch all those stupid Americans all you want. But if you try that mess over here, you're going to get gunned down or something bad going to happen to you. So, again, for everybody that across the Atlantic that are not in the States, please be aware of who you have in office. Please be aware of your government. Please be aware of what you guys can and cannot do. Because, again, I don't want to have to come out here and say, oh, there's been bloodshed because of insurrection and i will basically be calling people idiots i'm just gonna be completely honest with you i'm gonna call anybody that performs an insurrection an idiot because they you know they're not supposed to do that you know you're not supposed to do that don't do anything like that that's what i'm saying now off to over here in the states Brittany griner has been released from uh imprisonment she has been released the biden administration has struck a deal with the Russian administration and they made the prisoner swap. Brittany Griner was released on the condition that we, the Americans, we give back their Russian uh, merchant of death, their weapons arms dealer, and they did that this past week. However, there's still one big situation that's being, uh, that has to be talked about. Paul Whelan. Paul Whelan, the guy that's been in Russia for the past Four years is going on his fourth year being in Russian imprisonment. He was not released. I'm about to play you some audio of Paul Whelan discussing how he feels about still being inside Russian imprisonment and how he feels about Brittany Griner being released. I was arrested for a crime that never occurred. I'm happy that Brittany is going home today and that Trevor went home when he did. But I don't understand why I'm still sitting here. I have to say I am greatly disappointed that more has not been done to secure my release. A message could go to President Biden that um, you know this is a precarious situation that needs to be resolved quickly. And um, I would hope that he and his administration would do everything they could to get me home, um, regardless of the price they might have to pay at this point. My bags are packed. I'm ready to go home. I just need an airplane to come and get me. Now, as you heard from Paul Whelan, he says that he's happy for Brittany to be it out, but he's just disappointed that the Biden administration was not able to get him out. He thought everything was good. He got his bags packed and ready. He's ready to go. Here's the thing with that. Biden administration did come out saying that, yo, they tried to get uh, him included in the deal, but Russia said, nope, one for one. And they decided to put Brittany on the chopping block for that as long as you give us back our guy. America said, cool, we'll do that deal since we can't get Paul Whelan with it, so they decided to make a deal instead of no deal at all. Paul Whelan's brother, David Whelan, uh, said Thursday that the Biden administration made the right decision in agreeing to the prisoner swap. I am so glad that Brittany Griner is on her way home, David Whelan said in a lengthy statement. 
As a family member of a Russian hostage, I can literally only imagine the joy she will have being reunited with her loved ones and in time for the holidays. There is no greater success than for a wrongful detainee to be free and for them to go home, he continued. See, that is showing support. Paul Whelan still shows support and all this type of stuff, but he's just disappointed. And I understand his disappointment. Paul Whelan is in jail for espionage, charges of espionage. And he said that that has never happened. He's a former U.S. Marine. So, again, Russian, knowing the background of certain individuals, when they come into their country and they try to figure out why you're there, all this type of stuff plays into it. Gets arrested. He's been in jail since 2018. It's about to be four years now. He thought that he would be released since Brittany Griner got all this publicity earlier this year being locked up and everybody started doing research to see who else we got over there. And his name pops up. And everybody finds out he's been there longer. People thought, okay, Brittany Griner and him will be pulled out if we're going to make this deal. Because Russia wanted the merchant of death, a guy that is a Russian arms dealer, weapons arms dealer. My man sold a plethora of weaponry. I mean a plethora. And we bagged him up. My man was straight up supposed to be serving a 25-year prison in the States. And he's here doing his time. Russia says we want our guy back if you want this back. You would think with the laundry list of things that the merchant of death has, America would at least have the leverage to say, no, we want our two for your guy because, come on, look at their crimes compared to his. Come on, dude. Reasonable. But no, that doesn't happen. Russia decides to go with, no, it was reason is one and one, not two for one. That's Russia's reasoning for that. See, but there was some pushback because there were people happy about Britney coming back home. There were people not happy about Britney coming back home. And one person in particular was DEA agent who helped put the merchant of death behind bars as he slams Britney Griner swap. As this comes from Yahoo Sports, we couldn't even get two people for the world's most notorious weapon trafficker. Tom Pascarillo's phone buzzed around 7 a.m. on Thursday. And a friend asked him, did you hear the news? Tom responded, what news? The news about the Merchant of Death being traded for Brittany Griner. And they will give some backstory that the Merchant of Death, Victor Bout, he was the inspiration for uh, Nicolas Cage's 2005 film, Lord of War. And he hears about this. He's not happy about it. He says that freeing the Merchant of Death early was a troubling decision with potential huge repercussions. He argued that the U.S. State Department has a responsibility to figure out how to bring Griner and other wrongfully detained Americans home without offering a prisoner exchange or making other major concessions. I'm kind of in a disbelief that someone with the potential to orchestrate arms deals that can kill Americans anywhere in the world will be traded for a prisoner, Tom told Yahoo Sports on Thursday. I think this sends a terrible message that the U.S. will negotiate, that the U.S. will make concessions, and that if an American is held overseas, there's always the potential that the U.S. will acquiesce to the demands of people like Russian President Vladimir Putin and bail them out. See, I understand what he means by that because, again, certain people, they get arrested over there and, hey, there was their own ignorance, their own not paying attention to the laws, or people might just say plain, simply, their own stupidity for being arrested over in another country because you should know the laws, you should at least know something about whatever country you're going into, what you're 
going to do over there, all this type of stuff. But more importantly, know what you can and cannot do, what's accepted, what's not accepted over in that country. I understand that he doesn't want America to do basically agreements with terrorists or any other people in power for somebody of low variety. Brittany Griner's freaking charge compared to the Merchant of Death's charge, that's apples and oranges. Those two are not the same charges. Those two do not hold the same weight of importance when it comes down to a country's uh, situation, the big grand scheme of things. I understand his reasoning for why he said that. My thing is that I didn't expect Brittany Griner to come out. I thought she was going to do her whole time. Personally, I didn't know that there was a deal on the table. America has constantly been saying, yo, there's a deal on the table. We're trying to get everything orchestrated. We're trying to get everything right. Russian uh, news would constantly say, yo, they need America needs to keep our business out of the light because if they keep on doing that, there is no deal. There is nothing. So there had to be some ways for America and Russia to get this deal together. I understand that. Congratulations for getting the deal done. However, again, I understand where the agent is coming from. Again, Brittany Griner and the Merchant of Deaths, Situation's not the same. Nowhere close. But there's a deal to be made. And in the grand scheme of things, the DEA agent probably is right. Because you just gave Russia back a heavy weapon for them. You just gave them back a big <laughs> a big tool for their toolbox. If Whenever they want to pull them out so he can get weapons for whatever he needs or whatever that country needs and all this type of stuff, you just gave them back their guy while we just got a basketball player back. Somebody does not attribute to the war efforts or anything of that magnitude when it comes down to government official business and the big situation around the world when it talks about protecting your country situation. I understand where he is coming from in that situation, but a deal was made, my guy. There's nothing that Biden could do. Biden could only agree to one for one. It would have been great to have two for one. It would have been fine. But you only were able to get one for one. And this is where we, as people, we start cherry picking. Because if it would have been Paul Whelan for uh, the Merchant of Death, there would have been certain people still saying, okay, cool, but you let a black woman be inside the jail while you got the white man out. See? That's the side that we look at. And then there's been certain people say, yo, you know what? We got a former Marine out and he's back home. America did their job. They got our statesmen out, people that served our country for a guy that's selling weaponry over there. America still did the right thing. So there'll be certain people on that side of the coin. This is where we start cherry picking and we start Monday quarterbacking, Monday couch quarterbacking. We start looking at things from after things have already been done, and we would say, okay, this is what we would have done differently. This is what we would have done if we were in those situations. But we're not in those situations. We're only people watching from the sideline, watching from our homes as everything's being reported and shown up to us. And again, this is one of these situations where I don't know what was the right instance. Do we let Brittany Griner stay in jail and we let Merchant Def still be over here, let Brittany strive out her eight years left and let Paul Whelan still do his thing over there, still be hugged up in the prison system or do we take their deal and say Brittany Griner yo we did that we're giving back their merchant of death and now we open up more significant talks for us to get Paul Whelan for one of their guys because again it's been said that we have some more of their people over here and they have some more of our people over there so this could probably open up the doors for better 
agreements to say, yo, prison swap, prisoner swap, your guy for our guy, your girl for our girl, all this type of stuff. We just don't know because we're not in that system. So this is where I'm going to leave it at this with my personal opinion to this. I think that they did the right thing by making the trade because that's the only thing they can do. They did the trade. Cool. Fine. Hopefully they will continue to work on a trade to get Paul Whelan out because it's not right because that man was there longer than Brittany, but because Brittany was a superstar in the eyes of WNBA and she has NBA uh, fans, well, NBA friends that are fans of the WNBA and they know her, they supported for her to get out. I even was on here saying, yo, get Brittany Griner out because it's not right for her to be over there. But again, I did say, yo, you should know your uh, laws as you're going into a different country. I did make that explicitly clear as well. But for her to get arrested on what she was arrested on and be charged for that, that was not right, at least in my opinion. But again, I do not live in Russia. So again, what I said is they don't play about their laws. Getting back to the point. They did what they had to do. Paul Whelan's over there. I hope they get Paul Whelan out. And that's all I want for this. Because right now, I understand that Paul Whelan's upset. I'll be punching walls throughout this whole situation until they get me out of here. But again, we'll have to see as time goes on. But again, congratulations to Brittany Griner being out. And uh, I hope this situation opens the door for more trade agreements between both of these countries. Now on to the next topic, as this comes from the Daily Beast. Motive revealed in Alex Murdoch's alleged murder of wife and son. After months of speculation, South Carolina prosecutors are showing how they plan to prove that Alex Murdoch murdered his wife and one of his sons last June, a crime they say was deliberate attempt to turn the spotlight away from his financial ruins. Part of a motion filed Thursday by the South Carolina Attorney General's office doubled down on what was already known, the former attorney allegedly engaged in a 15-year scheme to swindle upwards of $8.7 million away from his clients and law firm in an attempt to keep his fantasy persona of wealth, respectability, and prominence alive. But the document went on to connect the dots in a sprawling family and community murder saga for the first time. Faced with a perfect storm that was going to expose the real Eisman off to the world, and which would mean facing real accountability for his life, Prosecutors allege that disgrace murdered his 52-year-old wife, Margaret, and his 22-year-old son, Paul, on June 7, 2021, to change the narrative and gain sympathy. Ultimately, the murder served as Murdoch's means to shift the focus away from himself and buy himself some additional time to try and prevent his financial crimes from being uncovered, which, if revealed, would result in personal, legal, and financial ruin for Murdoch, prosecutors added. Murdoch is set to stay in trial in January after pleading not guilty to two counts of murder and two counts of possession of a weapon during the commission of a violent crime in connection with the double homicide. Murdoch's lawyers have steadfastly maintained his innocence, claiming that prosecutors do not have enough evidence to prove the former lawyer, who they say was with his ailing father at the time, killed his family. So, okay, Alex Murdoch is here to try and say that he killed his wife and kid, and they also say that prosecutors have enough uh situations or enough evidence to say that he was doing that to cover up people for finding out about his financial uh issues his swindling that he's been doing for 15 years i can believe that wholeheartedly i can believe it because certain people like to die with a lie certain people will do anything 
to try to make sure that they actually keep up this facade and act that they have. I just don't get it. If you ain't got it, Playboy, you ain't got it. But certain people hang around certain uh, society circles that they just look down upon you and that you've been in the society circle for all your life because if you look at the Murdoch family, they've been nothing but lawyers and they've been having uh, high-powered people at their beck and call or friendships with high-powered people within their circle of law or even in other government positions from time to time because lawyers do have uh governors as friends and such they're in those social circles that with people that have power so you gotta fake it until you make it you gotta swindle you gotta do all these type of things so you can keep up with the joneses as you will so alex murdoch killing his wife and his son i can see it but it's just sickening to me Continuing on in the article, they would say that the prosecutors allege that within 30 seconds of law enforcement descending on the Murdoch's uh, estate whenever they found out or Murdoch called about his wife and kid being killed, Murdoch suggests to law enforcement the killer's motive stemmed from the February 2019 boat wreck that resulted in the tragic death of Mallory Beach. At the time of the murders, his son Paul was facing trial for allegedly drunk driving the boat in an incident that resulted in the 19-year-old Beach's death. In fact, Murdoch expressed certainty and stated he knew that's what it is. To responding officer, prosecutor said in a motion, thus based on his own statements, Murdoch placed into motion the issue from the outset of law enforcement's investigation into the killings and he tried to tie the motive to events that had occurred more than two years earlier. So Murdoch did exactly what everybody would logically think in their own head that it was basically a revenge uh, situation because of his son inadvertently killing somebody else's daughter and his son was about to be on trial for that or facing trial. And again, I remember saying this at the time. I've since walked back this statement. I thought, okay, somebody from the... Mallory Beach's family went there and killed the wife and son. I have walked that back. My mother off top said, that doesn't sound right. That's not it. But I thought, okay, reason being, uh, people get tired of waiting because high power people, again, they play these games and they're always able to get these special treatments for either family members or friends, whoever they are uh, protecting or consulting at the time. And they're able to get a friend that might be a high-powered judge to say, you know what, talk to this judge, do whatever you got to do to make him come across to our side and just give our boy or our person a lighter sentence or whatever it may have you. And that's the reason why we get so upset with a whole lot of these people that either rape somebody or kill somebody and all these types of stuff to get light sentences and they happen to be somebody with high-power uh, family background or family ties to that judge or that community. We always get upset by that when we find it out. And we always like, okay, we know the deal. So I thought when this situation happened, we heard about the murder of the son and wife. And we hear about all the backstory about the son inadvertently killing the daughter from drinking and driving a boat. Which happened to have the daughter of another person uh, killed. I thought, okay, the family did this for retribution because... Law enforcement is not going to do nothing. This whole city or this whole county isn't going to do nothing because they know the Murdochs like that. I thought, okay, somebody having to kill them because of retribution. And Murdoch, Alex Murdoch thought the exact same thing because he played exactly the uh, 
regular mindset of civilians or anybody else. That's just the way that we all think. Some of us, at least. Certain people are able to see through that and be like, nope, that ain't it. Certain people are not, and I just happened on this case. I thought it was out of revenge, but I was dead wrong, and I'll say it again. I am dead wrong. I am sorry to the family members of Mallory Beach that I accused this of. I'm sorry for that. I was completely wrong. I didn't accuse anybody specifically, but I said somebody within that family or somebody that knew their family, at least that was my thought process. But again, I was wrong about that completely. I apologize wholeheartedly. I just wish that Alice Murdoch gets uh, some type of, I'm not going to say treatment because we passed that point. I hope he goes to jail for a long period of time because you took money and you ended up killing your own wife and son to cover up for you stealing money and all this type of stuff because you didn't want your facade to be blown by your inner circle buddies that's nasty and disgusting and just straight up just not not respectable as a man i'm just gonna be blown with you that is cowardly crap that alice murdoch did and i hope that whenever this trial starts everybody can see it off top and be like all right he's going to jail we're gonna just straight up just give him guilty, but I know they can't do that. We have to go through a whole trial. I get it, but hopefully at the end of the day of the trial, they actually find Alex Murdoch guilty whenever his trial does start, and he legitimately spends the rest of his life in jail behind bars. Now off to the next topic, as I want to circle around to something that I mentioned briefly, and I mean extremely briefly, last week at the end of the episode, Amy Robach and TJ Holmes, the Good Morning America uh, anchors, they're now apparently a couple, and apparently now they have been pulled from their duties at Good Morning America, or ABC just in general. Um, that was shocking, because last week, as soon as I was uh, saying all this stuff, TMZ would say that, yo, they speak to ABC executives, they spoke to somebody there. Sources in ABC, not executives, but sources have said that, hey, everybody's cool, everybody's fine with TJ Holmes and AB Robot doing their deal. And there will be no punishment towards them. Fast forward, just literally Monday, they get pulled from their show. As ABC News president, Kim Godwin, shared the news of the network's decision with the staff that morning. During the routine 9 a.m. editorial call, Kim Godwin said she wanted to address the internal and external distraction between two colleagues, a source told people. This wasn't a special call. And it happens every day. She took that time to address the situation to the staff. The source continued. She said, even though this isn't a violation of policy, she took time to think about it and wanted to work through what was best. And for now, they decided to take TJ and Amy off the air while they figured things out. So with them being off the show, CBS anchors haven't talked about it. NBC anchors haven't talked about it, and the only network station that has happened to talk about it was CNN's Don Lemon. He wishes that both Amy Robach and TJ Holmes will be able to be presented back on their show, and he says that they're two conceding adults, and that's just what it is. Now, I do have to walk something back. One person from CBS did happen to at least comment on this whole situation, and it was Gail King. She was on... uh. Andy Cohen's like watch what happens live that's a Bravo show and she made a comment for this situation because Andy asked her about it and I have the clip right here for you it's just gotten very messy and very sloppy yes I, I do think that yes you know because in the beginning I actually thought let's good on good morning America they're saying 
they're not taking them off the air, two consenting adults. But then the more you read, it's just very messy. Now, this is the first time that a CBS anchor has said anything about the whole ABC debacle here. But this isn't really a debacle because a debacle means mass hysteria within the company. This is just a little blip on ABC's map that they just got to really handle here. But it was really funny and interesting to me that she would say anything, she meaning Gail, because, again, as I said before, on her CBS platform, she's never said nothing. On NBC's platform, nobody on their anchor side has said anything. However, whenever Charlie Rose got popped for whatever he got popped for, I believe it was some type of sexual harassment or something from years ago in 2017 when he got pulled from his position on CBS, ABC talked about it. Whenever Matt Lauer had his stuff happen to him in 2019, ABC talked about it. But somehow, when I was talking about TJ Holmes and Amy's situation, both companies are saying absolutely nothing. It's just big old radio silence. I thought ABC would have said something trying to like seal off the audience as like to why they aren't on the show or something. And they did. They said that Amy Robach and TJ Holmes are not on the show today. They did that whenever uh, GMA 3, that's the third hour at 1 o'clock over on Eastern Time. That's what they say whenever it's time for them to be on there, but they weren't there this whole entire week. I thought Friday would have been the day that they probably would have been back, but nope, they're still not there. Now, according to page 6, TJ Holmes is being investigated by ABC not only for his relationship with Amy Robach, but potentially more colleagues further down the line. After the Robach romance was exposed, it was found that producer Natasha Singh and another staffer were reported to have had intimate relationships with Holmes as well. The report says the company's HR department is now shifting through business to see if he dated anyone in the network. It's one thing for him to have a relationship with another anchor. The question is whether he violated company rules by dating less senior employees, said a source at page six. Now, I told you guys last week, and I've been saying this for some time now, whenever it comes down to black people in entertainment or black people in America, we're going to get treated differently. But this one, uh, I got to put the blame on both TJ Holmes and ABC here. Put blame on TJ Holmes because, listen, you're not supposed to crap where you eat, brother. In my personal opinion, you're not supposed to date somebody at your job because it always turns into something that whoever's in charge of you or your quote-unquote boss's boss is going to find out about it, and then that's going to be some problems for your boss, and then that's going to lead to problems for you. That always happens in any type of workplace relationship. And then if it happens to go sour, people are going to wonder, okay, now you got office chatter, and they're going to say that people can't get their job done because they are only thinking about that horrible relationship that went astray. People are going to just now focus more on TJ Holmes, Amy. That's basically it here. I don't think nobody should ever be able to date somebody at their job. But again, there's some caveats to that because I equivalently work to school. You go to work every single day. You're going to go to work just like you would go to school every single day. Now, when you first get to your job, you find somebody might be attractive, just like you do at school, but you try to keep your distance and all this type of stuff. There's certain people you're not going to find attractive there because they're just not appealing to you. 
But then as time goes on and you be around these people, your affections are going to grow because you might not uh, first find them attractive, but then something about them is starting to become appealing to you and you start to think about, okay, maybe I could be with her or maybe I could be with him. It's all about your sexual preference here. But again, you have to worry about what is going to happen if this relationship goes astray, if you happen to take that plunge. And also, what is everybody going to be saying about your relationship behind your back? Because that's another thing that comes into play, both at school and in a work relationship. More a work relationship. Because school, everybody is, like, that's kind of a thing. Everybody's going to date everybody inside the schoolhouse because you guys are confined in this one small uh, area. But at a job, you freely decide to work at this job. You can easily quit. You can find another job. All that good stuff. See, that's where I think that you can say, okay, people can date people, but it's just going to be tricky. Me, I would never ever suggest it. Never. I don't ever suggest it, but I can't be mad at somebody that doesn't because I equivalent work to school in that exact same example that I just had here. Now, with TJ Holmes now dating Amy, and he probably did have a relationship with a former staffer that used to work in ABC during her time in ABC while he was still married, I think ABC might try to give TJ the boot. Do I think it's right? No. I think ABC needs to be held accountable for this too because there's no way in the world that you guys did not know about TJ Holmes, first and foremost, his past uh, transgression with another employee that wasn't Amy. And now with this relationship with Amy, you guys knew about this. You guys heard the whispers. You guys heard the rumblings. I guarantee you there were whisperings and rumblings inside the building. And nobody's going to ever say, well, we didn't want to uh, pay any attention to it until it was official. No, you got people there that are paying attention to it. You hear gossip about it. If school gets gossip, a workplace gets gossip. Because once you start growing up around gossip, as in going to school and all this type of stuff, it transfers over into work. That's why I say going to school and going to work are literally the exact same thing. So there was gossip around ABC within the peons, the people that didn't have official big job titles. They would talk amongst one another. And I guarantee you somebody with a big job title probably heard it. And he probably, he or she did not pay any attention to it until they start seeing photos of Amy and TJ walking around, just being friendly with one another. And I guarantee somebody paid attention to it. Now, again, there's a report saying that TJ and Amy did split, not split. They both respectively TJ. He told his wife that they're no longer together in August. And Amy told her husband that they're no longer together in August. Or as you would say, they both, cut their spouses off in August, and then they start growing together. TJ and Amy start building a bond. That was reported right around August time that they have been that they were starting to grow close. Me, I don't know. I'm just waiting for somebody to say something. Now, it should be said on live television so they can get it out in the open. I think they should give TJ Holmes and Amy Robach some type of platform to say, hey, yo, this is what's going down. This is what happened. And they need to let people know what's going down. Why? Because you have ABC in a disarray. Or at least that's what they think. ABC thinks they're in a disarray. If I was head, I would have them literally be on live television and explain what's going down so they can 
get all this crap out in the air so they can just deal with it. But if it's a more pressing legal matter, I would think you guys have to probably take them off television and probably deal with it under the wraps. Because if it's something legal, ABC potentially could be sued and scandal and everything else. And then they'll be forcing the hand of CBS and NBC uh, competitors to say something about this situation. But since they're not saying nothing about it right now, I think ABC is going about that way by keeping everything under the wraps. So, again, this whole thing isn't complicated. I just wish they would have kept TJ Holmes and Amy on television, me personally. But who knows what could happen in the future? Do I think TJ should be back on television? Yes. Do I think Amy should be back on television? Yes. Do I think people should mind their business when it comes down to this? Yes. But when you're a public figure, it's in the name. You're a public. So that means everybody has free criticism to talk about you. And uh, you kind of put yourself in that position whenever you want to do public stuff like me people can try to find out exactly who i am and since i am a quote-unquote public figure since i talk on this podcast and it goes out to the public i'm considered technically a public figure so anybody can't say what they want to say about me but that's neither here nor there i want tj and amy to be okay i want them to not be fired and if they do happen to get fired abc run them them checks because, again, I don't think that they violated any policy. I think that you guys just bend the knee to somebody that was threatening to sue or whatever the case may be. That's just my personal opinion on that. But if Matt Lauer, who had a button that locked the door under his desk, if he gets paid, and he got paid from NBC, and TJ Holmes and Amy, who did nothing of that, and you want to fire them, you got to run them them checks. You got to pay them up. You got to pay them. That's all I'm going to say about this old TJ and Amy situation. Now onto the final topic. I just want to talk about this for a brief second. Apple executive fired after being caught on video joking about fondling big-breasted women. Says he stayed up all night trying to get the TikTok down before it went viral as it's come from Business Insider. Former Apple executive Tony Bivens told the Wall Street Journal that he spent all night trying to take down a TikTok featuring him making a crude comment. The tech company, he said, reached out at 1.30 a.m. about the video, insisting he get it taken down immediately. I race cars, play golf, and fondle big-breasted women, but I take weekends and major holidays off, Bivens said in a TikTok, which shows him getting out of his Mercedes SLR McLaren. A supercar that can cost upwards of $500,000. The video was first posted in September, ultimately caused Bevins' career at Apple. The former vice president of procurement, who had worked at Apple for over 22 years, was fired days after it was posted. Bloomberg was the first to report that Bevins had left the company. It was 22 years dissolved in about 25 seconds, Bevins told the journal. It utterly shocked me. My whole life has been Apple. I tried to be the most loyal person, he added. A spokesperson for Apple did not respond to a request for comment ahead of publication. Insider was unable to get in contact with Bivens. The TikTok video was posted by TikTok creator known as Daniel Mack as part of the series where he asked people with expensive cars what did they do for a living. Bivens told the journal that before his employment was terminated in September, an Apple executive reached out and told him to get the video taken down as soon as possible, saying some staff had already complained about the TikTok. Bivens said he spent the entire night after the video was posted trying to get in contact with Mac to get it taken down, but he didn't receive a reply. Mac did not respond to a request for comment from Insider ahead of the publication. The TikToker has 
13.6 million followers, and a video of Bivens has received over 200,000 likes to date. Whenever they terminated him, he was not given any servants as his whole little deal when he got fired. So, let this be a lesson to anybody out there. If you're in a high-position job, or even if you work for a big-branded uh, company as an Apple, Windows, uh, Twitter, Facebook, even if you're in a company like Walmart, and you might say Walmart, yes, you, that's still a big-branded company as well. Let me just make it, just get out of big brands. If you work for a company that has a brand name, do not say anything stupid, especially if you're in a high office position, like if you're part of the board, maybe. This guy, I'm not saying he was part of the board, but he was an Apple executive. So that means he was part of somebody that was on the board. He worked closely with somebody. So don't ever say anything stupid if you're being recorded. I understand he was just making a joke. I understand that. But dude, come on now, dog. You got to think you are getting out of a car that costs almost straight up to $500,000. And I understand you just wanted to make a joke and all this type of stuff, but no. You can make a joke, but don't say that you found old big-breasted women. You got to know the climate, my guy. Again, there was a white older gentleman here that said this type of stuff. So, again, in America, and again, you think that you can get away with it if you are a white Caucasian guy. No, you guys are getting taken down left and right, especially if you are saying something like that. Now, with people saying there were complaints in Apple about it, eh, yeah, his termination was clearly on the way out after that video got posted up. So he's trying to understand what went down. He's trying to get probably some severance. That's the reason why this article came out. Only thing I'm just wanting to reiterate is holiday time. People are about to get holiday bonuses. Do not get fired before those holiday bonuses come around. And please do not do anything stupid because the new year coming around and people are going to be looking at what you're doing and what you're posting throughout your holidays with your families or friends or whoever you're going to be spending it with, and especially New Year's employers are going to be looking at you and your social media stuff to see what you have posted up there. So please don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything reckless. Please be careful. Please be safe. I only have this topic up here is to basically tell everybody again, don't be stupid. Don't be reckless. Don't be like this guy. Just play it safe and just be okay. And if you are going to do anything stupid and reckless during the holiday time, because it's bound to happen, have a burner account. Or make sure nobody records you. But again, that's hard to do unless you're inside your home. But if you are going to go out, make sure you're in a dark area. And I mean a dark club, a dark space. Some place that doesn't have a lot of lights or bad quality of lights to say, yo, I don't know if that's him or not. And then you always have plausible deniability or just a deniability in general. Because if they don't catch you on video clear as day, sharp, and you always can say, yo, that wasn't me. You always can say that it was somebody else or some of that magnitude. But again, don't do anything stupid. And if you do, do it in a dark area. I'm not saying for you to do anything like nasty. I'm just saying like if you're going to make a stupid joke or do anything of that like juvenile, then do it in a dark area. Because again, we're still in some type of area. I don't know if this is the gray area. I know it's not black and white anymore. We're in a gray area or whether you're going to get stay with a job or get canceled or get fired. We're in that gray area now. So, again, I want people to be careful. Sorry for the long-winded here, but it needed to be said because I'm not trying to get sued out here. Just want to make that perfectly clear. Now, with that being said, I want to wish everybody a great 
week. I hope you guys have a phenomenal week. This week for me is graduation. I'll be walking across the stage again for a second time. Last year I did it. This year I'm doing it for another degree that I gained this year. So that's what's happening. Um, I want to wish everybody that's graduating with me or people that's graduating alongside me in other universities the best in their future. And for the people that I, were in, that I was in classes with this past semester, I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you guys have a great break. I hope you guys are able to attain those degrees for as long as you want to attain it. And I hope you guys uh, find some success in whatever you want to do in this lifetime. Because life is short, as you can tell from COVID time. And even now, people are dying literally left and right, day in and day out. I want everybody to be safe. I want everybody to be good during this holiday time because as soon as this week is done with kids are home everybody's ready people are going to be driving to their folks spend some holidays with them especially christmas and new years i want everybody to be safe and sound and just please be okay that's all i'm asking so i just wanted to get that out of the way now with that being said i want to thank apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, podbeam audible all these other podcast sites that allow me to constantly be on here every single week let me talking about whatever i want to talk about and let me do it freely with no harm or danger coming towards me. I want to thank you. I also want to thank the people that have downloaded the podcast episodes every single week because I get to see exactly who's downloading it. I get to see exactly what country, what states. I rarely, and I mean this truly, I really do appreciate it. I will be thoroughly appreciative whenever I pass the 3000 mark. And that's coming soon. But whenever it happens, I'll let you guys know. But again, I am greatly appreciated to every single person that downloads the episode every single week now with that said always remember i love you 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 you all i thank you that's not just a catchphrase that's really how i feel i really do love and appreciate every single one of you that do pay attention and actually do download and listen to me every single week this isn't goodbye this is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again Oh, yes, I do have to say, I do have a wrestling podcast that I did drop yesterday. That's the Wrestling Highlights of the Week, and there's one that I have dropped today as as along with this episode. It is me giving you my recap of WWE's NXT deadline event that happened last night. If you want to listen to that, that would be great. If you don't, hey, that's perfectly fine with me. I just want to let you know what I've been doing. So, again, I want you guys to have a great week. Have a great holiday you'll hear from me again next sunday and with that this isn't goodbye this is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again i love you i thank you please don't be a dick be courteous to everybody's on the roads with you because remember it's not just you on these roads everybody else is on here and everybody got places to be not just you're not the only other person on here that's all i'm just trying to say be courteous of everybody else now again be safe be aware always remember i always had the mental health uh call line in my description basically the national suicide hotline if you feel suicidal please call that number i do not want nobody to end up passing away or trying to commit please call that number please because you do not know who you are affecting when you do that now with that being said kanye could you please take these people home i'm tired you tired Uh jesus wept